No. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. What's up, you guys? Heading into a big weekend in Las Vegas. It's episode 252 of Top Rope Nation. My name's Ryan Drosty, joined here by Kyle Ross. And very proud of those Tottenham Hotspurs, Mr. Justin Joint. How you doing, Justin? Yes, sir. I'm doing fantastic as far as my sports teams go. Just got just Celtics just got to get the job done on Friday. That's all there is to it. Otherwise, I'm going to be a nervous wreck during double or nothing. Not just for you, but for all of us, because Tony Khan is apparently planning double or nothing around the potential of a game seven. Mm. What is he thinking? Well, Justin, I mean, you're having quite a good week. Could get even better. And then you're going to be in Las Vegas with myself and Kyle this weekend to enjoy Double or Nothing Live. So we got a lot to look forward to. We're going to be meeting some of our listeners. Top Rope Nation meetup this weekend. Guys, get in the Facebook group. If you're going to Las Vegas, you can join us on Sunday before the show. We're going to be doing a live podcast at the Blue Wire Studios at the Win in Las Vegas, which I just saw Renee Paquette was recording there today keeping the seats warm for us before we get there. <laughs> I, uh, I told so. her that was okay. Yeah. <laughs> we gave her permission to use our studio. So, no, yeah, we got a lot of good stuff coming this week, and I'm really looking forward to it, looking forward to breaking down Double or Nothing, the card, previewing it tonight, and also maybe getting to some current event topics. There's a lot going on in the world of pro wrestling this week. So, depending on how much time we have as we get through this podcast, we'll get to a number of topics. Kyle? How are you doing, man? You ready to get on that flight and head west? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really can't come soon enough, to be honest with you, buddy. It's uh, it's uh, tight butt cheeks times here in Ohio, man. But I'm ready to get through it. I got my glasses on. I don't know why. All the lights around here. Maybe it's ego. Maybe it's stupidity. I don't know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> Alan checking in the chat. You haven't left yet. No, we had to do this podcast for you guys. We haven't left yet. Got to put out a flagship before we get to Las Vegas. We'll get there. I promise. Uh, Chris, our friend from over over the pond, he is now in North America. Just checked in in Vegas, hoping to see wow. Chris this weekend as well. So we got, we're going to have the gang all together. Kyle, uh, Michael Jenkinson, you just did a great podcast with him the other day. It dropped for patrons, uh, a new edition of Top Rope Nation Extra. So if you're a patron, make sure you listen to it. If you are a, not a patron... You should become one. The link is here in the podcast description. 78 bonus shows available, including this one. Kyle, patron of the show, Michael Jenkinson. About an hour and 10 minutes looking back at the Over the Edge 98 all-timer match between Steve Austin and Mick Foley do love. One of the great WWE, WWF matches of all time. Kyle, I just finished listening today. Awesome stuff, man. Bravo. Yeah. I hope, you know, it was kind of a unique podcast in the sense that really when I was done compiling the notes and we we're getting ready to start, I was looking at it. I was like, you know, there's not a ton of like talking points in this thing. It's more just a uh, love letter, if you will, to the match. And I think we did it justice. Oh, wow. Phenomenal. <laughs> Michael's in the chat here right now. Comment on it. Yeah. I mean, Michael was phenomenal on there too. I told him he did an yeah. awesome job. He's been on the show before on the flagship. This was his first appearance on top rope nation extra, but yeah, I thought you guys painted the picture really well, you know, looking at 98 WWF, 
you know, the context of the match, uh, some of the things that happened after the match based on the buy rate that show did, which um, I didn't know some of the stuff you guys went into, to be honest with you. I learned a lot. I had to totally forgotten that they were thinking about doing a third Austin Foley match and they went a different direction because the show didn't do well. And by the way, how timely is this? We just talked about double or nothing being potentially up against a game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, Celtics Heat. Go Celtics Friday night, please. Let's not have a Game 7. But Over the Edge was against a very famous Game 7 Eastern Conference Finals, uh, Bulls Pacers, one of only two times the Jordan Bulls were taken uh, to the limit in a series. So hopefully we don't get a reprieve of that because I don't know what Tony Khan's talking. Have you heard about this, you guys? I did not hear about that. that. That Tony Khan, his plan is not, if there is a Game 7, He's not going to put Page and Punk in the ring until Game Seven's over. Oh, that's not a good idea. Mm. That's a very bad idea. Yeah, I just to me, it's a pay per view. If people that order doesn't it, doesn't make sense. Yeah, people yeah. pay money for it. It's not TBS. And if they're more into the game, well, then they didn't buy the pay per view probably. Yeah. So I, I, I was a little perplexed from Tony Khan. I, uh, you know, in a like I joked on the Facebook page, these standards for the media must have obviously gone to a new low because i was involved in the media q a today ryan you couldn't <laughs> hey, do come it. on man you, you couldn't <laughs> do it so let's just be honest you, you, you threw it to me so i said yeah. listen no one asked tony about that i, I debated doing that yeah i uh, asking him, but i didn't get a chance the only other time i debated asking a question is when that uh john alba asked a question i was gonna unmute real quick and say john how come you don't like the 92 royal rumble pal? <laughs> oh check the january top row nation archives on that one yes uh no guys seriously though if if i'm you know i'm i'm hyping it up because it is our podcast but uh, truly when i'm not on the shows it's so fun to just kind of sit back and listen to it and you and michael did such an awesome job so i think that's right (laughs) i think uh i will probably drop a teaser of it on the main feed at some point next week when we get back you know, for the, what is it, the 24th anniversary of the match itself. But yeah, the full show, the only way you can hear it is by becoming a patron. As I said, link in the podcast description. Uh, we also, you know, recently dropped Top Rope Nation Classics, uh, a new episode of that over on our Patreon page. We're going to be doing one in June. There's going to be more Top Rope Nation extras coming. And before I forget, I haven't told you guys about this one. We got some kind of exciting news that I wanted to share with you. So... Our Dr. guy John's Rick, is sponsoring us. <laughs> not, not yet. That oh, I'm still okay. working on. But you know our friend Rick Skelton across the pond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he reached out to me and he gave me a little news, and I wanted to shout this out on the podcast. So Rick's brother Sean is also a patron of the show. Sean has been a patron of Top Rope Nation for a long time, like three years, going back to May of 2019. Didn't one of our long-term patrons. Yeah, well, I knew that the last names were the same, but I didn't know they were related until he sent me this message. (laughs) So anyways, uh, Sean Skelton is actually going to be moving across the pond to Milwaukee very soon. Oh, nice. Yeah, so welcome to the United States, Sean, first of all. And we're hoping we could do another Top Rope Nation meetup. In the future. No, I, I'm not. Hey, look, he's, he's packing his bags. He's flying across the Atlantic. I'm not going to oh, say anything. Oh, God. I'm not even going to get into current events on that. But no, I mean, <laughs> seriously, the welcome to the United States. I mean, closer to the Top Rope Nation crew because, you know, if there is an all out in Chicago again this year, could be a good chance we do another meetup 
with the top row nation crew. And maybe Sean can make his way down from Milwaukee. Won't be too far away. But Sean definitely wanted to give you a shout out when Rick made me aware of this because wow. yeah, you're moving you're moving to Milwaukee to be with your fiance, and that is very, very cool, man. So and we long time, long time fan of the show, patron of the show. Really, really appreciate your support. By the way, Tony was asked that question in the media Q&A about All Out because of obviously the Forbidden Door show next month running Chicago, if that had any effect on All Out. And he kind of danced around that question, quite frankly. Hmm. He did not confirm that All Out was going to be in Chicago. He said he was very cognizant of the tradition of it being Chicago. It's important to him. Uh, He'd like it to be in the Chicago area. I don't know what that means. That can be a very vague term, but uh, yeah, interesting. I don't know. Clearly, they're coming to Eastern Iowa, Kyle. Dubuque. I, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> no, I I read the quotes from him on that too, and it was a talk, like you said, the tradition, and didn't really commit to it. But didn't he say something along the lines of the fact that they're having the New Japan show there shouldn't take away from the traditions of All Out or something along those lines? He did. Yeah, I didn't really know we'll what see. That means, but he <laughs> yeah, he's 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 playing <laughs> he's it close to the vest. But we, yep. sh- we shall see. We shall see. All right, guys, let's get to it. Double or nothing, Sunday night, T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas, Nevada. We'll be there. Lots of our listeners will be there. And we're going to start with the biggest match on the show. Mm. Let's just start with the heavyweight championship match. Hangman out of page. CM Punk. First of all, before we you know do our predictions and everything, what did we think of the promo last night on Dynamite? So I had to watch it late because I was watching the Celtics. So I watched Dynamite a little bit later in the night. And just real quick checking Twitter, I, I saw some people say that Hangman's uh, promo is a little incoherent or rambling. And so I went into it, you know, expecting that. But I thought it was for the most part clear, although his motivations as far as his character as to why he's so upset with punk don't really make a lot of sense, or at least they're keeping it very vague. They're being very coy about the reasons, although it sure seems to play into something going on in real life. Whereas maybe CM punk is a bit of a a hole in the background. Um, something along that lines. I mean, he brought up something about workers rights, how supposedly punk is, you know, for the workers rights, but maybe he's not. And it seems like, you know, character wise, Hangman is like playing, you know, guard or something for the AEW. Like he doesn't want these quote unquote WWE guys intruding on some sacred place. I don't know. I find the whole thing very weird and, and actually honestly quite excited to hear what you guys have to say about it. Maybe you can, uh, make this a little bit clearer for me. Kyle. So it kind of felt like a promo that they would cut at the start of a feud and then subsequently fill in the blanks as the weeks go along. Mm -hmm. But as we know, the match is Sunday, so that's not going to happen. Um, On the bright side, I think, despite this build not reaching the peak it probably should have, this still does feel like a very big match where you don't know who's going to win. So that's good. And I think that just speaks to how over both guys are. 
that people want to see the match. You know, it's interesting. We talk about these AEW pay-per-views every quarter, and usually we boast about the card's tremendous depth. Oh, like, what's the real main event of this show? Oh, there's like four or five matches that are can't miss. This show, and the undercard, I think, has some things that could surprise and be good, certainly, but this show, for me, it's all about the main event. Yes, absolutely. I actually think that it's kind of a make or break for the card. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on them. Um, watching that, it felt like there was a lot of tension back going back to the promo last night that you asked about, Ryan. And But yeah, to, I agree with what Justin said, and I saw some of that chatter on Twitter.com as well that, okay, you hate Punk, but I don't understand why. And Punk is just kind of like, hey, man, I, if you hate me, cool, but whatever. When in reality, I'd like to know what the tangible reasons are that mm-hmm. Paige doesn't like Punk. And Punk should just simply be approaching this as, hey, I came back to this company because I want to be the heavyweight champion of the world. This is the only title in this business that matters to me. To it should be the only one that matters to anybody. And that's what I'm all about. And they're kind of doing that, but it yeah. wasn't that clear. They kind of did that, like talking about basically was saying no offense to you it's just my turn for a title shot you know mm-hmm. he didn't say that he despised hangman at that point in the promo it's just like yeah you know i'm here to win the world title it's my chance and that's why we're doing it i i i get that maybe it was a little too inside baseball for some people i didn't feel like they were specifically referencing like any particular event the way he was talking about punk in the back i thought they were just kind of leaning into Punk has always kind of had that reputation as being a little hard to deal with in the back, in the business. I just felt like they were kind of leaning into that. That's where the inside baseball comes no. in. Yeah, go no, ahead. Okay. So here's my follow-up to that. Do you think there's any real heat, or are they manufacturing heat? No, I think it's all manufactured. I didn't get the sense that it was real heat. I thought it was all manufactured okay, to add well, another layer to the match, but Since, especially since it is it is awkward because it's two AE faces, you know? Well, yeah, but Meltzer, and I didn't listen, so I apologize, uh, to Wrestling Observer Radio this morning. Apparently someone said that he said something, that there is heat there? He he said that it felt very much like Brett and Sean. Uh, I can't remember what the certain show or promo was, but back from in like 97, 96, somewhere in that time frame where there was obvious heat between those two. That was the feeling that uh, Meltzer got. I I didn't necessarily. I mean, <laughs> it was no one was out there alleging someone was having an affair. <laughs> no, I th- I just thought to me it felt like they were trying to manufacture. I mean, I haven't heard that that there's any heat between the two of them. It it felt like they were trying to manufacture that feeling of like, that '97 era between those two. But I didn't feel like there was real heat. I just felt like they were playing up a story to me to try to add another dimension to the match. Like I said, well, obviously we'll get to picks in a moment. Do you guys think this feud continues past the pay-per-view? It hasn't really been their Tony's MO to do that. Outside no, it hasn't. I guess I guess yeah. Paige and Cole, but yeah. for the most part, the, you know, these big pay-per-view matches are almost a one and done deal. Uh I think it depends on who wins. For me, I uh, you know, talking about picks, if it's punk, you know, I get the feeling that uh, Tony Khan would like to have his own version of the summer of punk, in which case I see him going forward to uh, people beyond Hangman. But if Hangman wins, I mean, he's probably going to need 
some challengers and what big, well, I, you know, now that I'm saying it, I just, I don't see it. Punk is this big mountain that hangman needs to conquer. And once he's beaten them, why do it again? Unless there's a heel turn or something. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. That's what I was going to say. If they do follow this up with another match, there has to be like a clear cut full on heel turn from one of these guys. Uh, now what was interesting to me watching that promo was at the start, because it was very 50, 50 with the crowd and we've seen Paige lean into it, almost acting heelish in the past. You know, like he attacked the fan wearing the punk shirt a few weeks back. Now, of course, Punk was doing the heel bit when he was in New York, but I think it's a, that's a little bit different deal. It, Sorry, it kind Frank. of it kind of felt to me like at the beginning of the promo, like they were trying to get the booze for Hangman the way he was approaching it. But then by the end of the promo, I wasn't so sure. And if they did a follow up, I would think that it would be punk maybe doing that heel turn that we've expected for a long time but that also would make sense because he's about to go home to chicago i mean i guess they could do the heel everywhere else kind of thing with him but if you do the summer of punk like i could see a scenario where he you know he wins the title and then he's like you know what everything you said you were right about that hangman page nobody in this company can lace my boots and now i've got the world title kind okay. of thing. okay and that brings me to my next question do we think the winner of this match Sunday is going heel, no matter who it is? Let me ask you I, this. If if Punk wins the title, would you hold off on him turning heel until after that New Japan show in Chicago? Or would you do it right away? Does that, does that complicate I, things? I don't know, because the dynamic working someone from New Japan, I don't think you necessarily need like this traditional babyface heel dynamic anyway that's true yeah i have a hard time seeing the crowd boo punk for almost any reason right now i i mean even if he does pull some shenanigans to beat hangman i just i don't see the crowd turning on him i vice versa He's i think they good. i think they possibly could on hangman yeah i think it's it so let's get to the meat and potatoes of this situation here unless if you guys have any other random point you'd like to make who's going to win i think well i don't think i know because i was on the podcast um we all three about a month ago were pretty unanimous in picking cm punk to win this and we stated our case and i think that case made a lot of sense i still believe in the case that we laid out but one of the more surprising things to me and this is a positive is we're going into this match and I don't know who's going to win actually. Like mm -hmm. I, I know why I would put punk over, but that doesn't necessarily, I'm less confident that he will win. Same. Yeah. I, you know, even just a couple days ago, I texted you guys saying, you know, trying to envision what the close of this show looks like. I just could not picture any scenario of this show closing without punk holding up that, title as the winner and maybe this was the good thing about the promos it kind of had me second guessing a little bit that i don't know i guess is hangman fighting for something righteous but it did make me think like who would this or who would benefit more from the win who gets hurt less from a loss obviously hangman benefits way more from a win and punk is not going to lose anything by losing to the hangman and yeah, I don't know, man. I, like 
I still think there's some juice on in this title reign for Hangman. I think you can carry this over through the summer. I think the only thing you really lose is this quote unquote summer of punk. I, well, and I also don't know what you do with punk if he's unsuccessful here. Well, wait, okay. Same thing about Hangman. What do you do with him? How far does he fall down the card? I think that's key. Um, the scenario that I had laid out, if you recall, a few weeks ago is I would not turn him heel. What I would do with Hangman is I would have him eventually come to the rescue of Kenny Omega when the Undisputed Elite turns on Kenny Omega. And I would reunite mm. Page and Omega yeah. as a team to work against that group. Yeah, I like that but, a lot. But what if Double or Nothing ends with Colt Cabana interfering and Adam Page handing him a check? <laughs> Is that too inside baseball? I mean, I would pop for it. <laughs> I think that crowd would know Justin Joy may have just soiled himself. I just went from six to midnight, buddy. I like that idea. <laughs> My God. Colt, you're that's, set that's for life funny. with me. I mean, Dark Order, you know, the connection there. Obviously, the real life heat. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. I don't know. Like I look at this card and we're about to talk about some of the other matches and some of these, I think we're going to breeze through that. There's not a lot of talking points and you almost wonder, or at least I do because it's a pay-per-view their pay-per-views are always big. There's always he big headlines coming out of it. They do have the Owen tournament, of course, but when you look at it from like a title perspective and the other big matches, I mean the, the two women's championship matches are, you know, I don't foregone want to nothing, conclusions. But like we know who's gonna win. There's not gonna be a title change. There's not gonna I be know really I'm headlines. betting on at the sports book. There's not any headlines <laughs> coming. There's not headlines coming out of those, probably. Uh the tag team title match, we might have a title change there, but it doesn't scream like exciting match to me. Well, um, you know, to, to I mean it'll be a good no, don't get me wrong, it'll be a good match, but I, it doesn't like scream, oh, this is like a big time match to me, or anything to, like that, just from a hype perspective. To Kyle's point about this show being a one-match card, Hangman versus Punk, the rest of it to me looks like a bunch of uh, eight to ten-minute matches. So that's the thing, then. So, like, do you do you look at that as a booker and think, God, I got to do something on this show that's going to make headlines, and that's you know another reason you do a title change? I d I don't know. Like the tag team title has felt like an afterthought to me for quite a long time. Again, I think that will be a really good match. But it doesn't scream like match I'm dying to watch. This one does. I'm very interested in it for all the reasons that were just laid out. I have no idea who's going to win, which is a good thing. Uh, and yeah, Page beating Punk would be a big deal, especially if they have a hell of a match and stuff. But boy, I don't know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with my pick of of Punk going over here. I think. You know, with all the obvious nods to Bret Hart, Punk has been doing since he came back. And it, he even had a comment in that promo that sounded very Bret Hart, where he just the tone in his voice where he's talking about says something like all you fans that have supported me or something like that. I just sounded word for word, something that, you know, I've heard Bret Hart say, but does he try, you know, does he do a heel turn, but he makes it his own version of he's a baby face in Canada and a heel everywhere else with Chicago. And you have that show coming up. And just playing to that. I mean, you guys have kind yeah. of hinted to that earlier, but I think, you know, looking big picture and something we all talked about 
after uh, Full Gear when Paige beat Omega is one thing that would be a little disappointing to me is if the winner of this match, whomever it is, goes heel is I really wanted to see Tony Khan and AEW show us that you can have an old school babyface champion on top who everybody loves, everybody roots for. And if the winner turns heel, no matter who it is here, that's kind of a repudiation of that idea. And that would be a little disappointing. I also don't know who the top babyface is then. Um, if it's the loser or if you're like going Wardlow or something like that. But um, I don't know. I mean, like I said, it, they have done a just again, despite the fact that I'm not crazy about the build, it does feel like there's a lot of options on the table where either guy could go heel. You feel either guy could go win or either guy could win. Pardon me. Um, I'm with Ryan, though. I don't like to change my opinions last minute. I think that, you know, it's like fa- everyone's a fantasy football player, right? Whenever you make that like change in your lineup five minutes before, it's always the wrong one. So I'm yeah. going to stick with Punk. Yeah. Yeah. Justin, to your point about the Bret Hart. You know, feeling in that promo. He also did the thing where he was making a, a point to say that he's going to shake his hand when this is all done. Mm-hmm. Brett had a promo one time about, you know, you will respect me. And it kind of reminded me of that promo a little bit. And I don't know if that's going to pl- play is into that- the finish or the ending of the show, you know, like how they approach that. Cause he made a big point of saying, you will shake my hand, you know, when this is all over. So was that the Austin Survivor Series 96? I'm not greedy for money, I'm greedy for respect. Yep. And yep. You will respect me. He said that. You're right. There you go. That's the call right there. So Justin, who are you picking? I'm going to go Hangman. No, oh, the old podcast trick. Somebody's going to be go. right. There we yeah. go. Yeah, I think it. Just, I think it does more for him. I think it would be a shock and not a bad shock to see him win. And you know, Kyle, you want to see that big baby face run? Let's have it continue here. Yeah. Yeah. Tony spoke very highly of Hangman Page and his run in the media Q&A today. Said I've, he heard that, be- I, I've heard that was one of the best media Q&As ever. <laughs> I think that was a bit overstated. I mean, it was a lot of... <laughs> I, I Look, I appreciate the time to be on it. It was a lot of glad-handing, I thought. But Tony said he's got the best world champion of the business, which I did like that. That was actually my favorite part. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because what a promoter. What a worker. What a then did, he, then did he say Jade Cargill? <laughs> <laughs> no, he did not. Very good, though. <laughs> um, you know, before we get into the rest of the card, because are we transitioning now, Mister? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. But yeah, get this in. Okay. Um. Eh, well, what match are we going to? Maybe I'll save that now that I thought. Uh, about women, it. Women's title, Thunder Rose. All right. Then I'm, I'm actually going to save my point. I'm going to save my point. It'll, it'll make better sense. Never mind. All right. I wanted to piggyback off what you said about the rest of the card, but it'll make sense when we talk about the specific match. All right. Okay, women's title match. We've got Serena Deeb challenging Thunder Rosa. We had a promo on Wednesday night from Thunder Rosa. Um, that promo, boy. They played her music know, too early. <laughs> it wasn't great. Uh, I don't I do know. Think... It was better than Serena Deeb with her new accent well, two weeks ago or whatever. What was true. that all about? But it was a little awkward how Rosa kept talking about, look at my face. And she was wearing a cowboy hat. You could barely see her face. <laughs> Look at my face. Look at my face that is that is mm-hmm. covered up right now. Um no I, yeah. I, yeah. I'll I'll pick I'll pick Rosa in this match. Uh should be a, a very good match though. I mean, God, Deeb is one of the best technicians in the women's division obviously. 
Uh, they- Rosa, talented in her own right. I'm, I'm sure this will be an excellent match, but I just don't foresee it, the title changing hands here. They've done a good job, something that you don't see in a certain other promotion. They've done a good job of building Serena Deeb as a challenger. She's, you know, been doing a lot of winning for the past few months, and there's just no way she wins this. <laughs> um, kind of feels like a throwaway first pay-per-view title defense for Thunder Rosa. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to come back to this point later with the Jade Cargill and a J match. I, people don't want to hear it, but I again question the need right now to have two women's singles titles in this promotion. Because when you look at there's two title matches, Ryan, you alluded to it earlier. There ain't a person outside of Serena Deeb and Anna Jay's families, man, that think they're going to win. <laughs> let's just let's just cover that one right now. Okay. okay. Jade Cargill's winning that match. It's it's happening, you know. I mean, and you know, second pay-per-view in a row, they're doing a throwaway with Jade. Because remember, yeah. the Ty Conti deal was just like, she ran out like a week before the pay-per-view and attacked you. They're like, okay, well, it's a TNT title match. Mm-hmm. Or TBS title match, pardon me. It, you know, what happened to the rankings? You know, yeah. I, I just... I, I feel terrible for Anna Jay, to be honest, to be put in this position. The crowd's going to treat it like, well, Jade's a big enough star that they may not treat it like a popcorn match. They actually may treat the Rosa Deeb like a popcorn match um, in the building. We shall see. I hope they don't. But, um, yeah, I don't know. They just they don't have a lot of – it's hard to build up simultaneous contenders right now in this women's division, especially when you have a tournament uh, going on as well, which took away some people. I just, yeah. you know, Anna Jay's character, shouldn't she be more concerned with her friend, Ty Conti? One would think, since they played that up for so long about how they were best friends. Yeah, okay, Frank makes a great yeah, point. Yeah, I want to talk about this this question from Frank. So Frank Pediani, PW Torch, I, th- I think we might have, I can't remember if we promoted this on the show or not, Justin, but you did Frank's show over on PW Torch VIP Pro Wrestling then and now. You guys look back at uh, Wrestle War 92. He's a Great. man called Frank. <laughs> you have redeemed yourself. Yes. Uh, great show, by the way. Subscribe to PW Torch VIP to hear it. I told Justin you did an excellent job on that. Frank, you're always Thank great. You. Uh, fr- Frank says, is it me or does it feel like there's more focus on Jade as TBS champ than Thunder as world champ? I would agree more focus on Jade, but I mean, neither of them are getting much focus. But definitely I would say... Just the way Jade is portrayed, you know, her backstage promos, she always comes off great. In that regard, yeah, more focus on her. But, like, I don't know, man. I just, I feel like she's kind of taking a step back, too. Jade what feels like the much bigger deal. Yeah. She's the superstar. I mean, but it's he, kind of, I don't want to, uh, fuck it, I'm going to say it. Thunder Rosa feels like a transitional champ. I yes. have no idea where it transitions to, but that's what it feels like. Yeah. Uh, Jade Cargill is the bigger star. She is the person, the, AEW women's division should be built around. Mm-hmm. I think, again, if you go back to my earlier point, I know some people don't want to hear it. I'm not saying there should never be two women's championships in this uh, singles women's championships in this promotion, but I just think you have to build the division up a little more. There's an alternate timeline where I just think, honestly, they should have gone to Brit and Thunder way quicker than they did. And maybe Brit just retained against Thunder and Thunder didn't beat her for the title. And then, I would have had Jade go babyface and have her be the one to unseat Britt Baker, be the world champion. The reason she, as the TBS champion, feels bigger than the world champion is, like Justin said, Jade Cargill is just simply a bigger star. I mean, 
you'd have to be in Thunder Rosa's family to be of the opinion. <laughs> Again, I'm sticking with that yeah, uh, theme yeah. to, to think that you should build the women's division around her instead of Jade Cargill. Do you, I mean, do you agree with me though, that it doesn't, even though, uh, yeah, clearly she is, feels bigger than Thunder Rosa right now, but do, do you think that it feels like Jade is kind of fallen back a little bit like i don't feel like her momentum has grown certainly well, since say last fall it feels like she's started to and not that she's doing any worse but like the focus on her has been a lot less because it's hard to have contenders when you have yeah. two titles yeah. if she was just the only women's singles champion it'd be a lot easier and she doesn't wrestle on tv that much you know no so i mean like you said all of her interviews come across as great you know yeah. the baddie section is a good idea Cut the shit, Tony. Always gets a big pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I yeah. There's not going to be any title changes here for sure. Uh, nope. You know, uh, Tony Khan mentioned. You know, he's asked or he mentioned the possibility of women's tag team champions in that media call today. Please or don't women's do that. trios titles. Let's not do that right now. I'm not against no. women's tag team champions, but we got to get these two divisions sorted out here first and. Uh, Bring some prestige to those before you add more title belts. It, it worked out pretty well in that other promotion. <laughs> I was gonna make that joke. Ask WWE oh, how women's yeah. tag team titles go. Let's not. Let's just not do that. Okay. They're sitting uh, on Johnny of, Ace's desk still. Speaking of tag teams, <laughs> let's talk about the AEW tag team. Hate championship to think what he's match. doing to those belts. <laughs> oh no. Oh god. Oh boy. All right. We will get through this. <laughs> Jurassic Express, uh, Starks and Hobbs, <laughs> uh, Strickland and Keith Lee. As you mentioned in the notes here, Kyle, the second straight pay per view where tag team cha- the tag team championships are defended in a three way. Uh, like I said, it's going to be a very good match. I would be shocked if this is not a very very good match, but it's just not one that going in has me super interested outside of knowing it's going to be a good match. And that's what I always say about every match on a WWE pay for you, right? You know, it's it kind of has that feeling to it to me. I mean, the, the tag titles have really taken a step back for me over the last few months. Would you say going back to when the Young Bucks lost it? Yeah, I mean, we all agreed at the time it made sense, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what they were doing. And then when, yeah, when they put it on Phoenix and Pentagon, it was... Yeah, it was it was a good moment, but then yeah, they didn't really sustain any momentum. Made sense to go to Jurassic Express, and you know they're over. But I'm I'm not interested in the division right now. It's it's weird because FTR has been making all the headlines. They've been having all the great matches, but they're not the tag team champions. It's the mm-hmm. it's the FTR matches that everybody's looking forward to in the tag team division right now. Okay, you, there's some things here to dissect. The primary issue is between the challenging teams, right? Starks and Hobbs and Strickland and Lee have been feuding where the tag champs are just sort of like, okay, you guys are Mm. feuding. Well, we'll defend against both of you. And that's the same thing as you pointed out, Ryan, so astutely. That happened at the last pay-per-view. So, you know, it's kind of weird when you have tag team champions. They're like, okay, yeah, we'll accommodate this feud between two other teams by defending against both of them. They, They just don't have a personal issue. Uh, I certainly smell title change here. And I think there's two questions. One, does Christian turn at the pay-per-view or on TV after the fact? You'd think you'd kind of save that for TV since you already got the buys for the pay-per-view. Just as well, save it for more eyeballs. Yeah, and 
if he turns, then the heels have to win, right? Because you don't want a babyface team winning because of a heel turn. So, um, so that's just something to consider. And so, who does? Who will be the new champ? Do you agree with me that we're gonna have new champs here for sure? I'd be shocked. I, I hope so, because yeah, to Ryan's point, the the this tag team division is floundering. I, I, I get why not, not they, the division, excuse me, the champs. Sorry. Yeah, I, I get why they put it on Jurassic Express because they probably just wanted Jungle Boy mm-hmm. to have a championship and they didn't want to be in a position when he goes single that, like, I was like, when's he going to win a title? When's he going to win a title? And they like rush something onto him. So they just kind of rush the tag titles on him, I guess. Um, but I'm not a you deserve it guy. You guys know that. Yeah. But Starks oh and Hobbs are the more polished act right now compared to Strickland and Lee, and they do, in fact, deserve it. I would absolutely put the Tag Team Championship of the World on Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs this Sunday. And you talk about FTR, Ryan, I agree with you. Three, four weeks ago, even a little before, they certainly felt like the stars of this Tag Team division Liam and I, we did a podcast breaking down AEW. We talked about how FTR versus Jurassic Express might be kind of a matchup nightmare in the mm-hmm. sense that, it's, again, it'd be babyface versus babyface. Crowd might turn on Jurassic Express. You don't want that. Starks and Hobbs win it here. They go on to feud with FTR uh, over the summer. That's I wouldn't be call. opposed to that. Wouldn't be opposed to that. Uh, I don't buy in to this theory, but... Uh, the triple threat on Dynamite did get me hyped for this match. but if Yeah, you, that was good. Yeah, if, if you look into Swerve getting the pin over Ricky Starks, some people would think that that means, you know, somebody else other than them will be getting the win. Uh, Lee and Swerve, that is. Mm-hmm. They, Swerve and Keith Lee, feel like the bigger act or the biggest act in this match. Uh, love that new shirt, by the way, that they've got, but I'm oh, kind of, I thought you meant mine. <laughs> that one too. That one too. Of course. I, I am kind of with Kyle here though. I, I, I think Ricky Starks and powerhouse Hobbs quote unquote, deserve it more. And Swerve and Keith Lee are going to be just fine without the tag titles. I think it just does a lot more going forward. To, to throw another title on Ricky Starks because that dude freaking rules. Yes. Did you see his comment to the fan in the front row? Yeah, I like oh, I missed that. It. Kind of talk. What was that? I don't know if I want to repeat it. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it was. You can look it up you, online. Look at look it on look it up on Twitter. It's pretty funny. It was like right before a commercial break. I think someone's got the video going around Twitter with captions on. It's it's pretty funny. It, it was when he, he kind of, who was it? He went outside he, to kick somebody, kind of missed him, and the cra- the guy in the crowd called him on it. And yeah. Ricky Starks had some words for this fan. <laughs> I will uh, I will send it to you. I found it, Justin. I'll send it to you in the chat here so you can see it. But, uh, Thank you, sir. Yeah, it, it, it was pretty funny. I, I, I agree with both of you. I'll go with the title change here. I, you know, I guess in that scenario, then, you're talking about transitional champions. Uh, to just to move it to FTR, we're saying. I don't know if they're necessarily. I mean, that's transit. I, I like Starks and Hobbs a lot when they. Walk I do out, too, but it's not going to be a long reign, right? Uh, maybe it could be. I don't know what they're doing with FTR. I just when Starks and Hobbs walk out, that screams top tier act to me. Yeah. Not that Strickland and Lee do, uh, doesn't, but I don't know. They're kind of newer. 
They can chase. That's another option for title defenses. I just, I don't know. I, like Justin said, I'm a big Rick Starks fan right now. This guy is right up there near the top in this promotion. Great Hobbs, entrance music. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Hobbs, when he, wa- when he walks out, just a cool-looking motherfucker. I mean, yeah, give me Rick Starks and Will Hobbs. <laughs> yeah, I- I'll go with the title change, though, so we'll make it three for three and agree on that one. Uh, I agree. The the triple threat, yeah, I, I it, it made me a little more interested in the match. I'm, it's still not, like, my most... Oh, oh, oh. I, I, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'll say what's interesting, though, it was the three workers of the match, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's going to be interesting when you put the big guys in. It's going to be similar to the three-way last. It's going to be a big spot fest. Yeah. It's one sure. of two matches that I think should clearly open the pay-per-view. I think it's either this or the six-man tag with House of Black should clearly be the opener. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about the Owen Hart tournament final on the men's side. Adam Cole, Samoa Joe. This was my pick to be in the finals. Here we are. Boy, I it's it's really hard for me to choose a winner here. And I, I think you alluded to, I think you alluded this in your notes too, Kyle. You know, it's kind of gonna depend on the women's finish as well. You know, it's it's hard to see heels going over in both of them with it being the first Owen tournament and with Martha Hart apparently going to speak. Yeah, is, is Adam gonna tell Martha I was always more of a Sean guy? I mean, that's the oh. wrong kind of hate, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know, man. I my my initial inclination is actually to pick Samoa Joe, believe it or Whoa. not. But I'm not set on it, so make your case, Kyle. First off, uh when people talk about the build for this pay-per-view being a little underwhelming, I think doing two concurrent tournaments has played a role in that. Because you're not having that traditional week-to-week feud build that you see on most pay-per-views, right? Where it's just, Mm. you know, two guys are married to each other. You're building up that match or whatever. You've got essentially a tournament and people are progressing and then directions for the losers don't become apparent till they're out of the tournament. So I think that's played a role. Tony, uh, in that media Q&A, he really put over tournaments uh, I've always said they sound better than they actually are, at least in this country. Um, interesting comment he had because somebody asked him, have you ever thought about doing a one-night tournament? And he was very cognizant about not wanting or not wanting to ask his guys to work multiple times in a night due to injury risk. And it was very interesting when he talked about past tournaments because he's like, yeah, you know, see some of these tournaments in the past and, other than he, he meant he did single out Brett 93 as being the exception. You know, Brett had three great matches at King of the Ring 93, but usually, you know, you have a lot of phoned in matches in one night tournaments. Mm-hmm. And in the modern era, people don't want to do that. And can is somebody capable of having three blow away matches in one night anymore with the modern styles? I, I thought that was actually made one of the more interesting things for the media QA. But back to this match with Cole and Joe, I'm picking Adam Cole Bay Bay. Uh, I am glad to see that it's Joe versus Cole instead of uh, O'Reilly versus Cole. That was a, a pleasant surprise mm-hmm. for me. I still have maybe a bit of a bad taste in my mouth from that takeover match between O'Reilly yeah. and Cole. I don't think I'm ready to see them wrestle again. Samoa Joe is one of these guys, even if he were to lose here, I don't even think it matters. 
he's just over no matter what. Mm-hmm. That's true. And what I'm most excited about with this match is this is when he better do it. Adam Cole can finally work the way I want him to work like a chicken shit heel. This is the perfect opponent for him to do it. You know, I want to mm-hmm. see him be cowardly. Do you think you he love, will? He better. You love Shawn Michaels so much. Work like 97, Shawn. Now, I know the Owen Hart oh. tournament. Maybe that's problematic. But, you know, we don't need to do a Montreal screw job. Just be a chicken shit heel like you should be. Uh, Tony put this over as a dream match, by the way, also in his uh, comments earlier today. I apologize. Did I miss it? Or were you being a little coy as to why exactly you thought Cole was winning this? No, I'm not being coy. I just think he's going to win. I just, I just, I think it would be like for a going forward situation. So they had, they had him be a big part of that forbidden door announcement. I just think it all adds up to him winning. I I, I would, I thought from the start, he was going to win this tournament. I I am this whole tournament was rebuilding Adam Cole. I am 1000% convinced it's going to be Samoa Joe. Wow. Ooh. I think I think they're going to build to Punk Joe 3 sometime this summer. Whether Ooh. that whether that be a fighter fest or a fight for the fallen or I don't know if they quite have the star power at least for Smo Joe to hold out for uh, all out a main event, but yeah, I think I think that's the match that they're going to build to. And th- and that can happen whether or not Punk is the champ or not. Or obviously, it'll have a little bit more gusto if he has the title, but I'll throw this back at you. Couldn't they just do that even if Joe doesn't win this match? I think it'll mean a lot more if Joe has that momentum behind him. Um, There is the little hiccup of him kind of already being in a feud right now, and that's kind of an easy out for them to give the win to Cole. Just, I don't know, man. Like, I I like Cole, but I'm just kind of out on him right now. Even if he oh. wins and you build him back up, I mean, what are you building him back up for? Building him back up just to, be in a bunch of, yeah. just to be in uh, a bunch of six-man matches? No, thank well, you. Well, no, I'm not saying that I just, I guess I'm just trying to be right when I pick Adam Cole. Like, I just think he's going to win. Like, I'm not saying I necessarily agree with it or have been impressed by his work necessarily. Because I haven't. I've been quite quite the opposite. I've been pretty critical of Adam mm-hmm. Cole to this point in AEW. I just, I don't know. To me, I just think this tournament was set up for him to win. I could be wrong. <laughs> just looking at her chat right now. <laughs> what? Jacob's comment that just came across. <laughs> yeah, I mean. um, Yeah, you know what? Just listening to you guys talk on this, as I said, my initial inclination, basically all along to me, has been that Samoa Joe's going over. Uh, as the newer guy in the promotion, it's kind of unstoppable. Kyle, you, you know, you almost had me convinced. But as you said earlier in this podcast, you don't like to change your picks last minute. And I like the punk Samoa Joe take there from Mr. Joint. I'm I'm going to stick with Samoa Joe on my pick here, too. I think there's just a lot of people who could interfere and get cost Samoa Joe the match. I'm looking at it as... Because thinking about what's going to happen on the women's side, and I just, I, I got to pick pick Brett Baker there personally, and you're, and, it, and you're not going to have interference in both of them. I think is where yeah. you're going there. Yeah. So, 
there's a chance Britt doesn't win, certainly. We don't know who she's going to be facing yet. We'll know tomorrow night, you know, after Rampage. But I just think looking at it from the heel face dynamic, you can't have two heels winning. Cole and Baker, him and his girlfriend winning. I don't like that at all. Um, so I'm going to go Joe. And then, I mean, I guess to foreshadow my pick there, Britt Baker on the other side. And on the Britt Baker side, it just kind of feels like, yeah, we've talked about Jade. I think she is the future of the women's division. But, you know, when Britt Baker comes out compared to where the women's title is right now, and I like Thunder Rosa, but she just does not feel like a star compared to Britt Baker. And I feel like Britt needs something right now. And, you know, we even talked about after she lost the title, it kind of came across even more so, not even just her character. It almost came across on TV like she was legitimately pissed she wasn't the champion anymore. Like when she had that promo back in Pittsburgh. I remember we talked about that on the show. Like, was some of that real? Um, you know, she's talking about how she carried the division and all of that. I just kind of feel like she needs to win uh, to give her another notch on her belt kind of thing. And so I'm, I'm picking Britt on the women's side, so that makes me want to pick Joe on the men's side. You guys want to make your women's picks right now, too? Man, I, I, if we didn't. I, I do not have a... <laughs> no, Ryan, let's move on nope, to a different out. match. <laughs> have a good weekend, everybody. See you later. So Hardy's and Bucks. Uh, I do. I do not have a good feel for for the women's side of this. I, I agree with a lot of what you said, Ryan. I just I don't know. I like it. Just feels like even on both sides, you should probably have baby faces winning. I know that is kind of a nerdy thing to say, but both Statlander and uh, Ruby could use a, a very big time win. And maybe it could lead up to some actual uh, competitors for Jade down the road, having one of those two win. Yeah, I mean, because if I agree with you, what you said, Ryan, that not only is Jade Cargill a bigger star than Thunder Rosa, so is Britt Baker still. You know, I yeah. think Jade and Britt are the two biggest stars in the women's division. But to Justin's point, well, we got two titles. We need more contenders. And if Britt beats whomever on Sunday, you don't have any more contenders <laughs> and you're going to go through two of them on Sunday. So um, this is where I'm at with this match. There is a storyline to be had with Cole and Britt both winning, right? They haven't really teased that on television, but I think you'd be a fool not to see that as a possibility. I'm not saying they should do that. I'm not saying they will do that. I'm saying it's a storyline possibility. Yeah. But as we've all said, given the feel-good nature of bringing back Owen Hart's name to wrestling and the fact Martha Hart's going to be there, there's going to be some a presentation of something, Tony said. The winners get something. I, I don't know about multiple heels going over. That would be a weird situation, right? Especially mm -hmm. if they like cheated or something. Uh, we obviously need to see who wins Friday. But go ahead. Uh as far as heels going over in the tournament, what was uh, one of Owen Hart's greatest sticks? The Slammy Award thing. You could really have a heel play up winning one of these tournaments and play off that. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I thought you were going to like have them attack Martha or something like that. I was just thinking, like, oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the heat. Uh, somebody get the, get the Bubble Ray Dudley graphic on the screen. Jeez. But uh, anyway... 
we obviously need to see who wins Friday, but I, I can see an upset with Britt losing here. Uh, Ruby Soho, I don't know if you've caught this. Maybe this is just me looking for things. She's recently been carrying herself on TV in a way that suggests that maybe she was told she's winning the Owen Hart tournament. I thought she's her been, promo on Wednesday was very bad. I'm just going to put that out there. She's been projecting more combo. That was like so weird. Are you talking about the where mm. she was handed the book on Chris Statler? Oh, yeah. I liked that mm. it was a very large book and that really it just boiled down to that she has a knee injury. I I, yeah. I, I, I was <laughs> aghast that the notes on Chris Statlander were that big. That was a rather large book. But I don't know. It just seems that she's kind of carried with herself a little more confidence than she did a few weeks ago. It's kind of like, hey, maybe she's been told. So, I don't know. Do you think we do we think Sheeta may have been earmarked for the final originally? Dude, okay. Looking at that, you know, it's 100%. Because without her, I hate the way this bracket turned out. Because... The way it ended up, Tony Storm and Britt Baker should have been the final, right? Yes. Yeah, so that's the thing. If you're going to build somebody up that's not Britt Baker, would it not be Tony Storm? Well, and and to your point about challengers, I think you can you can get her in the title picture pretty easily. She has the out with how she lost on Wednesday night. You know, heel loss. She's still super popular. You know, I th- I, th- I think Tony Storm can be in that title picture pretty easily still. Okay. Well, but you know, yeah, that should have that should have been the final to me. You know, I mean, it, so it, it has to be that Sheeta was going to be in the final here because I can't imagine they set up this bracket to do Brit and Statlander or Brit and Ruby. I just can't because Ruby and, and Statlander just haven't been doing a whole heck of a lot the last couple of months no. to warrant that position. X factor that we need to talk about. They are clearly building a Jamie Hader turn on Britt Baker. I don't know if there could be a little. It seemed like they were. It didn't seem they were arguing in the closing moments of the Tony Storm match on Wednesday. Could we see some miscommunication? That's what leads to the win. Maybe there is interference in both matches, Justin. Interference gone awry. Interference that's effective. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to pick not Britt Baker in this match. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That could be a uh, bad pick. Let's get to which, uh, you know, outside of the main event with with Punk and Hangman is easily my most anticipated match on this show. By far, MJF and Wardlow. I mean, this is a storyline that's been built for several years now. Uh, I think that they've pretty much executed on television. Bat near a thousand on this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost everything that's happened has been done so well. Wardlow is super over. I mean, we're going to be there. I expect a huge pop for him when he comes out. It's hard to imagine anything other than Wardlow winning here, obviously. Uh, but And we know that wins over MJF, you know, they mean a lot based on how MJF has been booked in this, in this company. So to build this story between these two guys for so long, to get to this point, execute so well, and then to have that ultimate win for Wardlow means so much. I mean, this is well done. This is... Pretty much pitch perfect booking, I would say. And yeah, second most anticipated match on the card for me, Justin. I heard you agree with some of that. Oh, yeah, thousand percent. How freaking great was that opening segment and match on Dynamite? That was mm-hmm. just superb. Love that Congo line of security guys just running in, getting nailed by <laughs> Wardlow. It, it yep. seemed like seemed like it was never ending. Just oh man, just a great Keystone Cops segment there. Um yeah, this has got to be Wardlow. You can easily keep this feud going going forward. I don't 
know how they would finagle it to have MJF win. And because the stipulation is if Wardlow gets beat, he can never sign an AEW contract or something along that lines. Am I correct? Correct. Yes. So it's got it's got to be Wardlow here. And I think he wins here. You can maybe trade a loss back to MJF, let him get another one, and then uh, they are in desperate need of a big star, a rising star, to have a long title reign with that TNT championship. And I think that's what you need to do with Wardlow. This has been the best weekly feud on AEW television. I think we'd all agree on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wardlow, like you said, appears to be the obvious winner. So it's up to the competitors to kind of create the heated environment, which I think they will do. You know, I mean, uh, question becomes, because Wardlow's winning, uh, what do you do with Wardlow after the presumed win? That was an interesting uh, idea about him just going to the TNT title, uh, Justin. I think certainly that's a title that's kind of nosedived a little bit in recent Mm -hmm. weeks and months. But it'll be really interesting. You know, Stuart in the uh, Facebook group mentioned, uh, or he called him Wardlow Ryan. Okay, I hope that wasn't a Mason Ryan. That's what I thought, Stuart. too. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. my thing. I, I, I've called him Dave Wardlow. I think that's more fair. I, I don't I don't know. I mean, Mason Ryan? <laughs> One of the worst dirt worst competitors in the history of the World Wrestling Federation. I mean, Wardlow's better than Mason Ryan. He's, I'm not saying he's Dave Batista, but he's better than Mason Ryan. Uh, but I think another question is, you know, not just what you do with Wardlow, but for, what about MGF? Justin suggested maybe this feud continues. Okay, possibly it could. You know, losing another feud, though, he is a heel, and heels typically do lose feuds. That's what has happened through the you know, sands of time in this business. Should MJF maybe be taken off TV for just a few weeks to kind of like simmer and all right, let's come up with a new idea for him. Cause you don't want him just like picking off people. Cause that's what WWE would do. Yeah. They'd have him like pick off some guys. And then like three weeks later, like, ah, fuck, why did we feed that guy to MJF? We want to push him now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> Had he had a lovely picture. Up. <laughs> he had a lovely physique. He did. That was one yeah. jack dude. Okay. If you're not watching yeah. the video stream, you're lost. But I just threw a massive picture of Mason Ryan up on the screen. Or a picture right, of a go ahead, Justin. Mason Sorry. Ryan. And then the bell rang. <laughs> My big question as far as what comes next for MJ, to me, the logical thing is you just start building him back up to be your next world champ. And I don't know if I'm just getting worked by all this contract stuff and heat between him and Tony. You know, if if there is some actual heat or if there is a chance he doesn't resign, I don't know if you're if you're Tony. Do you put the title on him if you think there's a good chance he's going to leave? Because obviously the WWE is going to be able to offer a lot more money than than Tony can. Because uh, I don't think his next big TV deal would be until. 2024, which would be about the same time frame as when MJF is going to be up. But yeah, I mean, if you think he might be leaving, I don't know if you start moving him to the mid card a little bit, even though he's, you know, 
arguably one of your most talented guys and your best heel. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. You don't want one of your best weekly performers off TV for too long, but you could play into that, right? You could have MJF, if he loses, say, F this company. Mm. And just walk off or something. You could lean in. I mean, again, though, we don't know what's real, what's a work with this situation. You brought it up. It's to- The deal runs up in 2024 for MJF, and Tony's going to know several months before what the new TV deal is. I mean, the new TV deal expires the end of 2023, but it's not like he's not going to know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know until mm-hmm. December yeah. 31st. Uh, he, he did put over in that media Q&A that they're having apparently a very lovely party with the Warner Brothers Discovery folks out in L.A. Uh, it's nice that they've got a good house for that in the forum. Stay out of those elevators, though. You never know what Magic Johnson did in them. <laughs> I was going through. Can, can I make a terrible, uh, terrible joke, Ryan? So I was why going not? Through, why not? Somebody, Kyle, somebody, sh- somebody shared this with me. That uh, we were talking about who had the shittier late night talk show. Was it Magic Johnson or Chevy Chase? <laughs> okay, remember they both had them, and they were both not good. Do you remember the most infamous moment of the Magic Johnson talk show? No, you have to remind me on that one. When Howard Stern came on, boy, this just slipped my memory. You're gonna have to refresh I me. Here. I, I, yeah. And and Howard said, and I quote, "Hey, Magic, you got AIDS the fun way." Oh, <laughs> oh no, Jeez. Jesus! You can't Jesus. say that. I just gave me a text. It's funny, magic tape came up. We had this. Ryan. Can I say something really bad? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, I mean, Kyle. Said, I mean, I'm the king of all media. I can say it. Mm. Private parts. Um, where were we, by the way, on that MJF? Yeah, we're talking about private up. parts. Come in Take elevators. It. Yeah, there we go. That's right. Stay out of those four <laughs> elevators. That's right. Well, I know what rating this episode's getting. Well, I'll tell you what. Every, you know, every uh, week I have to rate our episodes explicit or not. And every week I had to think, was there any swearing on that episode? No, this this week will be very easy. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. Uh, you know you know who was not in that elevator, at least doing anything, was AC Green. <laughs> <laughs> I never bought that, regardless of what he said. Why Google would you lie kids. about that? I don't That's know. Trying point. to be the family hero. I don't know. Maybe he thought it would draw even more girls to him because they wanted to be the one to take it from him. He was out of the league in about five minutes after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had to make headlines somehow. <laughs> hey, I like what? this comment in the chat, by the way, before I forget. Curtis asks, if the over-under on power bombs MJF takes is at four, do you take Ooh. the over or the under? I'm taking the over on that one. Especially if you consider what happens after the bell, too. I'm definitely taking the over. Yeah, I mean, there's been regular matches where he's done four. Yeah. So, I mean, how many did he give to Spears the other night? Probably four. Boy, yeah, three or four, I think. Well, there you go. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too. I mean, you talk about baby faces. I mean, John Wardlow, I think he's, you know, destined for the top of the card. John John Wardlow. I'm just going to go. His name's John. (laughs) <laughs> all right yeah we're all picking wardlow in the match though to just, <laughs> summarize just it's more about what happens afterwards yeah, yeah. just stay out of those four elevators 
I am really looking forward to watching that show, though. It's going to be cool to see a show at the at the forum. Oh, I so, thought you were talking great about, location. About, the, <laughs> about the action in the elevator. I thought he was talking about Stern on Magic. I thought he was going to look it up well, on YouTube. After I'm going to look that up, too. And as far as the elevators go, I don't know. Is there like some hidden fan cams out there or something? Winning <laughs> Kyle, time. You know. Well, yeah, winning time. I got to finish that. So I got a few Good show. Left. Good show. Yeah, I like the show, even if it's loose with the facts a little bit. It's a fun show. Uh <laughs> That's the only thing Boy. that was loose. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Oh my God. How am I going to get through the rest of this show? Where, we, where, are, we, where are we even at on this card? Okay, Jericho Appreciation Society. Yes. Bring it back to the athletes. All right. Yeah, so Jericho Appreciation Society. Society. Oh, now I can't even talk. Brian Danielson, Moxley, Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. Should be a barn burner of a match again. Uh, Kyle, you say, I'm not yet sold on the Jericho Appreciation Society. No, I'm not. Uh, I really can't decide if Garcia comes off as a good douche or a bad douche. <laughs> Quite frankly. Like, I'm not like, I'm like, oh, is he perfect for this role? Is he going to get a lot of heat in it? I'm like, ooh, is he just ill-suited for this? Uh, and Jericho's a guy... We talked about MJF a moment ago. Maybe he needs to take some time off television. He feels like a guy should, that should have taken some time off TV or at least just commentated for a pay-per-view cycle. Kyle, I don't think of you as like a dancing monkey or anything like that, but can I can I get the high-pitched uh, I'm a wizard? <laughs> I'm a wizard? <laughs> I actually... Very, oh, you like it? I don't hate it. I do think that somewhere Jim Cornette is ramming his head against a wall at how we're treating fireballs like a comedy spot now. Not that we should feel sorry for Jim Cornette, but, you know, it's kind of weird, like, how now he's just throwing it at random people in the back and no one even cared about the guy anymore, like, you know. Yeah, I agree. Is this a good spot for Brian Danielson to be just one guy in a 10-man match? Nope. Nope. It's a I and I don't know. It's just they're they're holding them in place for something hopefully down the road, which made me think of like, you know, the whole once again, sorry to beat it like a dead horse, the whole summer punk thing where maybe you get punk first Okada, Punk first Joe, and Punk first Danielson would be the three big matches you could get this summer. Ooh. I mean, I wouldn't complain about any of that. I'll tell you that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what would Magic Johnson say about it? <laughs> He'd say, give them all to me at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys ever seen, like, I'm sure you have, like, he, he, he would say, I'm, a, he'd say, I'm a jizzard. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Have you guys ever seen? Uh, I'm sure you have Magic's tweets. This, this show is going to live on in infamy. <laughs> Magic's oh tweets. God. His tweets are so bad. He's like, the two big market teams in the NBA that are in the most trouble are the Knicks and Lakers. They give they give the word generic a bad name. Yeah. <laughs> They're always the most obvious, yeah. Like he'll, he'll tweet uh, the Lakers are in trouble when they're losing by 30. Thank you, man, for looking at the score. Uh, Pardon me, Irvin. Uh, anyway, I think they're teasing dissension between Danielson and Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. And I think the heels win. I, I, I'm going to go with Jass. 
Yes. Yeah, this doesn't make for fun podcasting, but I agree 100% with you. I, I just don't see a scenario where the, you know, the two teams that were just kind of squished together for this match actually get the win, even though they are the far superior team. Yeah. No. I agree. Make it three for three. Go with the heels. <laughs> Frank in the chat. There's nothing good about the Knicks. <laughs> Sorry, Frank. <laughs> Jesse. Velasquez, the last 10 minutes are warming you up for Vegas. That is for sure. Oh, it's going to be a fun weekend with these guys in person. Reuniting for the first time since Chicago. Yeah. Speaking of elevators, Justin and Kyle, you guys going to have some more magic <laughs> moments in the elevators? God, this all just ties together. It's going to be well, difficult this time because we're going to be in the same room. Yeah. So That's we don't true. have to. This is getting very salacious, quite frankly. But yeah. <laughs> Oh, all right. What do we have left here? Imagine, <laughs> imagine coming out of an elevator and seeing Justin Joy and just being like, where am I? Did what in an elevator? Good, what, what? Say that again. Coming out of? <laughs> what? Good morning, Mr. Tyler. Going down. Jeez. Oh, my God. That woman was married to Nikki Six, I believe, by the way. You got... You guys are going to have to like send one of you off to get ice or something just so you can have those magic elevator meeting moments or something. You're going to have to just script them to repeat Chicago. Well, if we drink enough. <laughs> All right. Hardy boys, young bucks. Is this the dream match that they have portrayed it to be on television? You guys, I, you know, I, I was a huge Jeff Hardy fan back in the day. And I just could not care less about the Hardys right now. Uh, I loved his match against Derby, but outside of that, uh, no, thank you. Pretty much where I'm at too. Kyle. Yeah. Five years ago, this was a dream match on the Indies, right? Mm -hmm. Got the Hardys right, right before they joined uh, WWE. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's like weekend night before, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Now it feels like it's something that's lost in the mix of a 10 match pay-per-view card. And call me insane, and perhaps people on the internet can mock me for this take. But should this have been saved for next week's Rampage in the Bucks' backyard? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, a I thousand like percent take. yes. We, yep. we, they have, what, 10, 11 matches on this card? Hold it off. Yeah, I mean, you didn't squish FTR in there for no reason. Save that for the big Friday match. I... I you, yeah, to me, the Bucks should be wrestling at that rampage, right? The show should be built mm -hmm. around them. And if they're 100%. having this big pay-per-view match, like what what are you doing? Like a rematch at that? Yeah. Uh, they're gonna get time, obviously. And I don't know. I mean, maybe they do steal the show, but uh yeah, I don't know. No I, I talked to I talked about the tepid reaction this got a few weeks ago on Dynamite. Remember when it was first teased? Like the Bucks came out, and there was a stare down. It very clearly was supposed to be like everyone going, ooh, double or nothing, Hardys and Bucks, and like people were just not reacting in the crowd. Yeah. Nope. I mean, yeah, like you guys said, five years ago, they had that match, a Supercard of Honor, right before the Hardys came back to WWE. That was cool. It's five years later. We've seen them wrestle before, so it's just, I don't know. It doesn't do a lot for me. Fun match, probably not a great match. I don't think it's going to be the match of the night. But do you? I mean, I know you guys won't think they deserve it, but 
are we going to see a Hardy's Hardy boys, AW tag team title run? Cause I know they keep talking about it to add to their yeah. collection and to solidify their legacy, but Jesus, with all the other awesome tag teams they have in that division, I just do not want to see that. I mean, if it was happening like right now, like let's say that tag title match was a four way, I wouldn't be super against it. I probably still wouldn't like it. But if it was like a short term thing, just to add to the resume, you know, for the Hall of Fame careers or yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever, whatever, just because the tag division right now, as far as not the division, but the title picture has been so down, as we said, the division's been good, but the title picture, not so much. So if they were going to do that as a short term thing, I'd be fine with it. You know, I don't probably want them challenging for the tag team titles three months from now or anything like that, because I'm hoping that the title picture is a little bit more exciting at that point in time. And that wouldn't do a lot for me personally. So I don't, I don't want that to, I don't want that to be what they're building towards. Hopefully we get top flight back soon. I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah, because he said the initial well, reports were wrong, hurt, right? He That's said the initial reports were wrong, though. There yeah. wasn't as bad as what was reported. Oh, yeah. By the way, talk about tough luck. Freaking Bowens is hurt again. That's, I mean, you talk about the te- you talk about teams that this division should be built around. Give me the acclaimed. I do like what they're doing yeah. with them and the ass boys, though. Yeah, true. How do I participate in the group chat, Ryan? Uh, you're talking about like the comments on Facebook and everything. I don't know the comments that I'm seeing here on uh, Restream. Yeah, you have to. You'd have to actually go there on your browser. I think. Oh. I think the admin's the only one that can comment as the podcast. Oh, I was going to share that Magic Johnson Howard Stern interview. <laughs> you might actually. You might have the ability. Can you like connect your Facebook account down there? Do you have an option? Do you have a type of message box? I don't know what the hell's going on on this thing. <laughs> one too many zombie dusts, Mister Ross. No, eh, just a gumball head. Oh, yeah, it was Gumball Head. One of their lighter fares. It is Gumball Head. I wrote zombie dust in the chat. I'm sorry. That's right. Okay. We only have one more match to talk about. House of Black and Death Triangle. So. Cool names. (laughs) (laughs) Best team name since the old Survivor Series you have in your notes. I mean, that's true. Uh, A blowaway spot fest. Kyle, that's, that's a accurate statement i would say in your notes as well yeah uh so you mentioned earlier two matches that you could open the pay-per-view with this one or the tag team title match if you could choose one which would you go with kyle probably this because i think because the other one's for the tag team titles i think that'll Mm -hmm. carry some weight you know no matter what a title should this to me if you don't open with it uh you know, I don't know. If there's another multi-person match on the card. There's a 10-man on the card. I just think it'd be perfect for an opener. Just freaking give them 10 to 15. All high spots would be perfect way to warm the crowd up, I think. I don't even know if it matters who wins. Nope. Does it? No. I don't think so. No. We'll say that I liked Ali Black a lot better as a solo ass kicker than in a group. Yes. And by Ali Black, I mean Malachi Black. <laughs> I would concur. Yeah, I don't think I don't think winner match the winner of the match matters at all. Have a fun match. The entrances will be great, so that's good for an opening match. I think you know entrances get the crowd popping early, mm-hmm. and uh, a spot fest. That's I'm fine with that. I guess I'll pick House of Black. Yeah, to be same. my winner. So, Kyle, who's your winner? You said it doesn't really matter, but pick one. <laughs> 
Pick one, damn it. I'll go Death Triangle. Podcast Just to be a contrarian. <laughs> Somebody's going to gonna win. Got to do it. Speaking of that, if you guys want to win money on this show, we got to shout out our friends over at WrestleRumble.com. You can win $1,000 picking the matches. Uh, uh, double or nothing. Winners, all the prop bets, uh, match lengths, uh, how many power bombs that might actually be a pick. I haven't looked yet, but... Uh, we'll be making our picks, so to see if you can beat us and win $1,000, check out WrestleRumble.com. I always like doing it. Always makes the shows even more fun to watch, so check them out. So, that's yeah, double or nothing. We'll be there. We'll be giving you our live perspective on the event afterwards, the uh, next afternoon, early afternoon. We'll be recapping the show for... Uh, the Blue Wire Studios live in Las Vegas. That will be up on our YouTube channel, the video of that. So if you want to see us live in the studio in Vegas, make sure it won't be it won't be broadcast live. I'll have to publish it after the fact, but it will go up on the YouTube channel. Professionally filmed. It's going to be really sweet. So check it out. Subscribe. YouTube.com slash Top Rope Nation. Uh, I will have the podcast version out shortly after we record and then head on back to Iowa after a quick weekend in Las Vegas. Real quick, before we go, I think we should talk about this WWE story. Oh, you the, do? I do. I, I want to mention this before we hit the road tonight and actually hit the road on Saturday. Uh, WWE moving the location. Wait, you guys are driving? Well, driving to the airport. Oh, oh hey oh. And then hit the air. Uh, WWE, so they're moving money in the bank. I did not expect this. We've talked about it on the show. You know, we got the the three stadium shows coming up across the pond in the UK. Of course, SummerSlam and this one, Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank no longer going to be at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. In fact, they have shifted that to the MGM Grand, which will seat significantly less. Interestingly, will seat less than they had actually sold ticket-wise for Allegiant Stadium. So uh, Allegiant Stadium was set up for twenty five to 30,000 were the estimates somewhere in there. They were not using the whole stadium. They never expected to sell the whole stadium. But, and our friend Andrew Zarian, he's talked about this on his show, that, you know, the perspective from WWE's point of view is even if they don't fill up the stadium, if they put 25,000 in there, they're selling more tickets than they would in an arena. And so they're making more money. But I think one of the issues, this hasn't come out yet, exactly why they shifted the location. Because, again, they're going to sell less tickets at the MGM Grand. The MGM Grand is only going to hold eleven to 12,000 fans. And they had sold close to 18,000 tickets for Allegiant Stadium already. So they're going to have thousands of less people there. I assume that the ticket prices are going to change. And when I looked at this ticket sales chart that WrestleTix had up, it shows the available tickets and the sold tickets. And when you look at this map, I got it on the video stream right now, what you see, uh, the pink are resale tickets. The blue are just available, face value. Haven't sold at all yet. And so when you look at that, you can see they've set up half the venue for tickets, and most of the tickets they've moved are upper deck. This was Allegiant so, Stadium. Yeah, at Allegiant Stadium. So even though they had sold more than they're going to put into the MGM Grand, a lot of those were the cheap tickets. And if you look at the lower level, like the 100 level at Allegiant Stadium, you see a ton of blue. People were not buying those tickets. Now, WWE tickets are very expensive. And especially if you're buying 100 level tickets that 
let's face it, in a stadium, they're pretty far away, even if you're on the 100 level. So, I mean, that probably plays into people's minds a little bit. You know, if I'm going to be far away anyways, I'm, you know, give me the cheaper tickets. Uh, but they had sold a lot of tickets, but I'm guessing the gate wasn't close to what they wanted. I, I assume Allegiant Stadium, a newer venue, a bigger venue, costs a lot more to rent than the MGM Grand. I don't know for a fact, but I would assume that. So if you look at the profitability of the show, even with more tickets sold, if they're selling a lot of tickets in the upper deck, that is not good. You want to move those lower deck tickets. So I assume that's going to come out that that was maybe one of the reasons behind this, but we don't know for sure yet. But that, I mean, that really stuck out to me looking at that ticket sales. My God, look at how many tickets on the lower level they have not moved. Uh, did you guys have any thoughts on this at all? Feel free to jump in. Shitty products get shitty reception. <sighs> um, Saddam Hussein strikes again. <laughs> do we think they're gonna? Do we think they're gonna kayfabe the reasoning for this? You cannot. You can't do that in twenty twenty. Not not man. not particularly that reason, but like. Oh, do it comes down. It comes down to ticket excuse? sales. Yeah, I mean, they probably, they'll, they'll say some bullshit. I'm sure. Because um, I, I did see someone in the media was saying like, "Oh, the reason for this is not ticket sales." A source had told them, and it's like, mm, I don't know, man. I mean, maybe there's something that I don't know, and I'll look like a fool <laughs> after the fact. But you look at this; it's hard to imagine whether it's the profitability of the ticket sales or whatever that that didn't that it didn't play a part in this. Yeah. Um couple things actually several things number one i did not know until today that they were running opposite a ufc event yeah what were they thinking what is why would you run vegas the same night as a ufc event and it was like a pay-per-view too right it's not just like one of these like fight nights or whatever yeah i believe it was a pay-per-view correct like 270 mm -hmm. whatever they're up to Ugh, um, nobody nobody watches that violent crap right i mean <laughs> is it blood and guts oh it's pretty good. <laughs> UFC July second, right? Uh, oh yeah, it's I mean, it's like you got title. What are they thinking here? Two UFC two seventy six. There's a middleweight title fight. What are they doing? Um, so that's one thing. Two, we talked a few weeks ago about the concept of niche audiences, right? Everyone, mm -hmm. you know, WWE fans love to throw it in AEW fans. Oh, you're just a niche. You're just appealing to a niche, right? We talked about this. It was the Forbidden Door discussion. Yeah. And we countered with WWE's a niche audience. It's a larger niche than AEW, but it's still a niche. Yep. And what we're seeing here is you can only juice your niche for so much. You know, you talk about three stadium shows in a short period of time. Okay, not everyone was going to all three of those shows, but it's it's not like they were only going to pull from the Vegas market. People traveled. If you got a stadium show in Nashville later the in the year or later in that month, and then, you know, you get in Cardiff. I just don't think there was a demand for this many stadium shows for this product, as Justin alluded to earlier. Uh, Nick Khan, does this, I think he was the driving force behind the mm -hmm. increase of stadium shows. Does this reflect poorly on him internally? We need to follow that storyline. I think... I assume he's not watching the television. He, he just doesn't know. He probably sees, oh, he sees all these weak. Let's just run stadiums. It, it sounds great. To me, I don't think he should be the guy who dies on the sword for this. Vince McMahon should know better. Mm -hmm. With all his years in this business, he should have known that this was kind of insanity to run this many stadiums. And, you know, maybe it's Roman related too. I don't I I, I know Meltzer had report. Go ahead. 
I was just going to say, I they have not treated Money in the Bank as a marquee uh, gimmick for years now. I think that'd be a big problem. If they'd actually treated it as a big deal, it, it, I'm sure that's what they had or Vince had in his head. It's like, it's Money in the Bank. This is going to be a future champion. Everybody's going to want to see this. But no, you've freaking ruined it. No, Top Rope Nation was out of the curve. What was it, three years ago that we did a pay-per-view how Money in the Bank had jumped the shark? Uh, 2018, four four years ago. Four, we we yeah. did a podcast. Actually, we didn't do a pay per view. It was free. Everybody. But it was four. Uh, it was four years ago. Yeah, it was in 2018. Whether it was played out at that point. Yeah, and the answer was yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Roman Reigns, Meltzer had said, "Oh, you know, the plan was for Roman to defend there." Um, I always felt that probably wasn't the case because that means Roman's going to come back early and melts. And we don't know what the plans are, but Meltzer had thrown out the idea. Roman would defend against Riddle at Money in the Bank and then Ort at SummerSlam. You're telling me Roman Reigns is coming back from vacation to work a pay-per-view program with Matt Riddle? Yeah. Come on, man. He's not doing that. I, I could see them doing Wait, that. On- who's Matt Riddle? <laughs> Don't you mean Riddle? Uh, no, I, he, he got his first name back, right? Did he get it back? Yeah, he got it back. Okay, all right. Yeah, um, I think, right? I honestly have no idea. <laughs> Why am I drawing a blank on this? Yes, he's I, big I assume they drip. They they dropped it, but you know. they dropped I'll, it. But I'll I look thought, it up like, on the website. Jimmy Smith is, I'm sure, has had to say the word Matt at some point in the last couple of months. But anyway, you're full. That's a uh, that feels like a match you would do on SmackDown, Reigns and Riddle. So I don't think Reigns is going to be a part of Money in the Bank either. The, the company's got some egg on its face. They don't like to do this. And uh, you talk about the the you know the capacities for the respective venues. They did not run into this issue at WrestleMania Seven. They had they were quite cognizant. They made the decision to move from the Coliseum to the LA Sports Arena before they had sold what would be the capacity for the LA Sports Arena. Yeah. Back then, if anyone was interested in that, they are still calling him Riddle, at least in their video clips, as of three days ago. He's still I listed thought- as Riddle in under the Raw Superstars. Also, Mr. McMahon is listed under the Raw Superstars. I could have sworn they gave him Matt back. Think I wrong. call him Matt. Ev- everybody else with more than one name is has it listed. Even yeah. Seth is actually listed as Seth freaking Rollins. Don't start with that. <laughs> That's, it's in there, We're not man. going down I know that road. it we'll is. I know it hour. is. On Wikipedia, it always says it. <laughs> I could have uh, sworn. I don't know. I know some people yeah. call him other Matt Riddle other things too, but we won't get into that. <laughs> look, look. All I know is they sold more tickets than they can possibly sell at MGM, MGM Grand, but most of them were cheap seats. So I got to imagine the profitability of the show, factoring in rent, has got to play what into this ar- a little bit. And also, what arrogance! Again, not only like opposite a UFC show that night, but. You know, basically a month after Double or Nothing. Mm-hmm. It was always uh, weird when they announced. I mean, because Money in the Bank, you want to do a stadium show for Money in the Bank? Uh, that Cody commercial know. looks real bad now, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Okay, yes, should, it to- does. should Tony Khan start Double or Nothing by coming out and say, well, maybe we need to change venues to the stadium? <laughs> <laughs> Follow me, would, everybody. <laughs> yeah, Twitter would explode. I would do that. 
All right, boys. I think we've covered it. Ready to uh, hit the friendly skies? (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait to see you, Kyle. It's going to be a blast. I agree. I'll be getting there a few hours early. Yes. Hopefully I'll be checked into the room, Joe. Hopefully I'll get everything set up. Guys, let us know. Get that thermostat nice and low. Get in that mid-60s. It's supposed to be be a hot weekend. Mm -hmm. Might head right out to the pool or something like that. Guys, let us know if you're going to be there. Check in in the Facebook group. Link in the podcast description or search Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. The next time you hear from us on the podcast airwaves will be from the Blue Wire studio at the Wynn. Going to be a blast. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing some of you taking in Double or Nothing live on Sunday night. And we'll be there with our live perspective the following day. All right. That's all I got, guys. If you got nothing else. It's time to mix this podcast and get packing. Anything else? Thumbs up, Justin Joint? Yes, sir. I'm ready. Kyle, any last words before we see you? I'm all out of them. <laughs> oh, we, there, we should mention the, buy, uh, the buy-in match, by the way. Hook and Dan Housen. Oh, yes. Didn't know if we were going to cover that or not. Hook Housen. Hook Housen. We'll be victorious. I like, I like that. It's fine as a short-term thing. All right, boys and girls, we'll see you all very soon, or we'll talk to you very soon. Have a good weekend. Enjoy Double or Nothing. Peace out. Stay out of those elevators. And I am just a devil with love to spare. So Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. How I wish that there were more than the 24 hours in the day. Even if